Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast. I almost said extra. Extra. It's our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty MLS. We are your hosts from morning on morning. Mornings on 1077 The End. I'm Gregor, two beers deep. And he's been in Spokane, probably demanding a recount for Culp. So much so that he's not here. He's Brandon from the internet. Reading, I'm Brandon. Do us a quick solid to click on through to Apple Podcasts. Wait a second. Does this mean it's only Gregor and not the guy who does decent analysis? You got that right, dummy. <laughs> Do us a quick solid to click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars, but primarily leave us a comment. Oh, the thing I was going to do, I can't because it needs Brandon's input on it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Just tell us your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. That'll do it. Okay. Mine's the wizard bird. All right. The regular season is done. MLS Western Conference standing at the top. Somehow in third place the whole way, sporking Kansas City takes that first place spot. Okay. I can handle that. Then uh, right behind that, number two, Seattle Sounders FC secured second with a big win in the final match of the season against Jan Jose. Shoutouts to Alon- Alonzi, Rachel Alonzi. <laughs> I almost said Alonzo. She would love that for her support on my Jan Jose the whole time. Jan, Jan Jose. Fartland in third, Minnesota fourth, Colorado. Remember, it's... um. It's the points per per match. Colorado finishes fifth as a result. That's crazy to me. MLSsoccer.com.com. FC Dallas in sixth. Los Angeles Football Club seventh. And Yan Jose squeaks out eighth. How do they do that? That's amazing. Eliminated this year from the Western Conference. Vancouver Whitecaps. LA Galaxy. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Real Salt Lake, I expected to do better. And in last place on just under one point per match is the Houston Dynamo. That's, wow. I can't even, I can't even get over the fact, uh, Vancouver, I mean, uh, duh. <laughs> and then the Galaxy, uh, that's just astounding. Didn't they fire their manager too as a result? Yeah. That sucks for them. <laughs> you guys suck. Now, here's the deal as we head into the playoffs. And the top four teams, now with eight advancing from the Western Conference because of COVID rules, the top four teams all have a home match in hand or on their plate or whatever. But here's the real kick in the dick. You look at the, um, you look at the standings. First, Sporking Kansas City gets to play 
Jan Jose. Okay, that's awesome because that is a leaky team. You get them figured out, you can beat them. Sporking pretty good this season, evidently, right? The Minnesota-Colorado matchup is incredible sounding. I'm really looking forward to that. A real fresh-legged Colorado who have done very well to wrap up their season. Oh, cool. It's a rematch from back in October, right there at the end of the month. But Colorado came back from their hiatus, we'll call it, having gotten the gotten the Rona and lost their first two out, but then won the next three, beating Seattle, Fartland, and Houston, who are terrible. But that's a great, strong end of the season. I think we would have liked to see Seattle pull off as well, but there they are. Lining back up against Minnesota last time out, it was 2-1 as a final, but Minnesota was at home. Again, they'll be at home. That's a tough matchup. That's going to be really fun to watch. That's the one I'm, I think, most looking forward to out of these other than Seattle. But like I said, here's the real kick in the dick. Seattle finishing third means that, excuse me, Seattle finishing second means that we're going to see a matchup that we've watched like 50 times this summer and into the fall. Seattle takes on LAFC. At home, which is dope. But that's a tough matchup, especially with what's-his-nuts back, Carlos Vela. That's a tough one. Wow, that's going to be something else. Fartland, on the other hand, finishes third just by .07 points per game average there. Each team with 11 wins, the Timbers with one extra loss and the same amount of ties. Better goal differential for Seattle by like 10. That's crazy. Anyway... Fartland gets to play FC Dallas, a team we haven't seen in these matchup of games. Everyone's been playing each other this whole time. It would be so awesome to finally get to face someone else, especially someone that doesn't know as much tactically from experience in the last two months. That sucks. Seattle finishing third would have been a kind of an advantage, I think. I might be wrong. I'm not good at analysis like this, even though here we are on the podcast handling just that. Anyway, it's... um. It should be very exciting. We will break that down, that matchup down next week. 12 times in 10 years for Seattle. Great job making the playoffs so often. <laughs> All right. Do we have a, a date yet for that matchup? November 24th, 7.30. Let's go. Congrats go out to the Philadelphia Union for winning the Supporter Shield, taking the number one spot away from stupid old Toronto. Nicely done. <laughs> What are the big teams in the East this year? I haven't really followed because we've only been playing the same five matches over and over again. Uh, in the East, Philadelphia Union taking the top spot. Toronto FC second. Columbus Crew, save the crew, third. Nice. Orlando City finally coming good. Nanny! Shoutouts to the MLS UK podcast for what's-his-name, Elliot, loving the uh, Orlando City SC and having them finally deliver. That's cool. New York City FC at fifth, Red Bull sixth, Nashville seventh, and Walla Buona. That's a guy to watch. Oh, that'd be a fun matchup at the end. And the New England Revolution, eighth place. I guess there's a play-in between a few of these teams here because they have 10 that make it to the qualifying matches. So Inter-Miami in their first year, Montreal um, wrapping up the bottom there in reverse order. Sorry. Uh, Eliminated from the Eastern Conference, though. This is crazy. Chicago Fire FC with their terrible graphic design. Eliminated Atlanta United out. They won like two years ago and have been hot garbage. Hot garbage. Ever since. DC United, what are you doing at the very bottom of that stack? Boy, you got to be real bummed when your team goes 1 4 and 4 at home and 1 10 and 0. That's one win, 10 losses away for FC Cincinnati. Is that still going to be a team in like two seconds? That's crazy. God, Philadelphia Union with 
2.04 points per game. That's crazy. In the Western Conference, 1.86 for number one seed, Sporting Kansas City. Okay, cool. Make sure you hit up full90podcast.com for all our socials and everything. That's a new website that we launched. It's just a link to a link tree. Like we're going to open up our own OnlyFans page. You don't want that page to happen, trust me. I was thinking that uh, this is just an aside, and I realized that they did a little bit at that um, kind of victory speech that he did and she did. I want the inauguration in January, assuming that the universe doesn't fall apart. They find a way to keep the old guy in power. But I want them to do the inauguration Jan Jose style. Do it at whatever Audi field, right? Have everyone set up there and then in the parking garage, have all the cars. And as they, you know, as they bring out soon to be President Biden and have him be like, swear on the Bible that you're the president now. And then beep, 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 a bunch of like drunk Jan Jose fans out there. I guess in this case, it would be DC United. At least it gives us something to cheer for. Ha <laughs> ha, zing. All right. So uh, let's see a match. We get uh, international call-ups, Ariaga, Gustav Svensson. Raul Rui Diaz, the guy who caught COVID last time he went to one of those, is running off again for international call-ups. Hopefully that doesn't mean a bad first round for Seattle. They got to find their legs. It's been so rough out there. Nothing has looked quite right. Brandon talked about it a couple pods ago, the center back pairing choices. Ariaga was out there. He's young and hungry. That's good. I would have liked to have seen what you think maybe the starting pairing would be, Yamar. O'Neal, but O'Neal was in concussion protocol, so that was a bit hampered. Goose has got to come back looking great. That's going to be that's going to be real important. I got to take a second to give a shout out to my new favorite television station. It's in Georgia. Shout outs to the CW sixty nine. It's four twenty Canadian. Uh, in the last match there, I'm curious to know if Schmetz held practice in some sort of big gymnasium because those Heelys were nuts. Do you notice all the Joao Paulo dishes that he was doing? It's like something that they must have been working on as a team, just kind of goofing off together, because everything was a backheel pass here and there, making it rain goals, sort of. It wasn't as good as it seemed. That first half was so flat. You got to think that's a team that could stand to have a little bit more. I don't know. It's been pretty typical all season where Schmetz comes out after halftime and gets things dialed in at half when he was talked to by Casey and what's his name, Keith. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good first half. And I was like, what? He obviously knew exactly what he needed to do to dial in that team to beat Jan Jose. I guess maybe it's kind of a blessing that you're going to play better than Bob Bradley and LAFC. Because at least you know, kind of know what to expect and how to adjust. But they've seen all your tricks. Still, Schmetz has proven all season long that they're winning games in the second half. It would be nice to win them in the first, to be fair. But if you can get more out of players in the second half, let's go. Okay, that's it. I'm just going to leave it at that. Just a quick, brief, those are the same words, stupid. Just a quick rundown of uh, thoughts and feelings after that last match. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't go in to the week break with a ton of optimism. I don't feel like super good about it. I guess it's probably just the matches leading up that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. It might have been the Pickle Rick Seltzer. Did you see that, the Adult Swim thing? <sighs> Shout out to my buddy Sean Gervin, who found a sweet um, tweet from the Seattle Sounders FC of that kind of remote camera that they have running the sideline. Great point. Sean says, this is the wizard bird cam. You ever notice, Sean, how they cut 
right before the wizard bird makes somebody teleport into that awful other dimension where the hamstrings just never fail. Nope, too late. He didn't do it. He should have done it. There it is. Hamstring problems. This isn't as bad as the time I pulled my own hamstring during our, our show, but you know. Anyway, okay. Um, thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Thanks for putting up with me, babbling on about nothing here for the last few minutes. The jokes come a lot easier when you don't have to fill all the time yourself. And the jokes don't have to be good. They just are more frequent. What? There's a Sounders Japan group? I just saw, I'm just looking at Twitter and whoa, I'm following that. Hell yeah. Sounders underscore JP. Give, give this person some follows. Kick ass. I was going to try and think of something of the five Japanese words I have to say, but then you'd be like, uh, racist. Rubbish. Rubbish. Rubbish.